and welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. Thanks very much for listening this week. If you are a returning listener, thanks for your trust and coming back and listen to us crap on again. But if you're brand new, my name's Mark from the YouTube channel Mark and Cars, and I'm joined by Ajmal. G'day, Ajmal. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm your crappy on co-host uh, from the YouTube channel Blackout Driver. And yeah, thank you for coming back if you're a returning listener. And if you're new, strap in and hold on. <laughs> it's all go. <laughs> good one. We've actually got a guest this week, James, auto amateur, Porsche, tinkerer, notorious car buyer and seller from Twin Cities, USA. Is that right, James? That's right. Minneapolis. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, great to have you back. You and I chatted 12 months ago, maybe, on the Porsche Talk podcast. Was that a year ago? Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we I did. I reckon you nice had one less child back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. This year has been a bit of a blur. But yeah, three kids now. And I think when we, we were speaking, I just had two. Yeah, fantastic. Take me back to those days. <laughs> and you've aged by about 10 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How's your week been, Ashma? What have you been doing? Um, I have actually been doing a lot of home renovations. I've been doing tiling. Uh, I've been doing uh, decorating in uh, bathroom decorations. And I've got some Porsche-specific news Ooh. because Ooh. I was featured in classic cars magazine that's no way that's not yes. a that's a bmw no 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 but it's porsche related <laughs> <Porsche Park, laughs> the feature is yeah but, i'm just um, making sure that the listeners know we are we do know something about porsches this is this little. is this is great for a podcast because it's incredibly visual but yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a picture of me driving a 1973 oh, 911 911 e targa mm. and i love i love when my name appears on the cover of a magazine but not when they make a typo that it's not even close. Is that right? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that right, Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it might as well be that. So my name, the spelling of my name is A-J-M-A-L, right? It's here, not difficult. It's, uh, not difficult, yeah. Just as it sounds, Ajmal. So here it's A-D-J-A-L. Now, the funny thing about this, James, is that we had... Lee Sibley on a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and mm-hmm. we had a long chat about how magazines aren't like YouTube they're not like Instagram you know anyone can pick up a camera and go oh I'm a photographer anyone can do a blog and go I'm a journalist you're not when it's a magazine it's curated it goes through you know x amount of editorial due diligence the like, yeah, due diligence framing and everything and when I, I, I was walking through WH Smith in in town and I saw this magazine and I thought no, that can't that can't be me, can it? It's like it's nothing like my name. Uh, yeah, it is. So yeah, that's been my week. I was kind of laughing and disappointed. I hope you've sent it through. I hope you hope you sent it through to Lee. Sent sent it through to show him about you know, the irony of our conversation. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I sent it to. I sent him a photo of the cover, and he's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> really?" So I I love Lee. You know, absolutely awesome guy. Um, you know, phenomenal. Total level. Tonal line eleven magazine. I'm all about it, but. You know, I, I'm not sure that's true. You know, how many times do you pick up a newspaper these days and read through and there's just spelling mistake and there's a word missing? And I don't know, maybe I'm getting old, but it sounds like, you know, the standards in journalism have been going downhill, just like the standards on TV. We're here James, to raise the bar chaps. James, you sound just like your father. <laughs> 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 no, I do, because 
I always think I always think the the way that the the photo shoots are the obviously it's a professional photographer who's probably been doing it for years and years on the staff or on um like a freelance guy and the amount of work that goes because it's a whole day this shoot took that we did with this 911e and um and you know the pictures are great the write-up is great um Ross the journalist he did a brilliant write-up he asked me lots of questions and it was just the one thing that wasn't in his control which was writing my name on the cover and that's so sad he's <laughs> gone completely wrong I just want to do sorry I, sorry James we'll jump into something else shortly I want to just do a bit of housework for the podcast if we can just talk about that for a minute firstly Ajmal this week we hit a thousand downloads on iTunes since you and I have teamed up. Fist Whoa! Great. The um, <laughs> and we've had some good reviews too. The um, through um, on iTunes, yeah. So we, yeah, some great reviews. So thank you everyone that did put a review in. It does help the podcast get seen out there. Um, the if anyone's got anything they'd like to contribute to the podcast, reach out to Ashmal or I. I'll do this now because a lot of people don't listen to the whole podcast. We normally cover this at the end. And well, all the best bits are at the end. I know. I know. And you know what? <laughs> Stay tuned. You don't want to miss out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but um, in all seriousness, reach out to myself, just Mark and Cars. It's Mark with a C and Cars, one word, across most social media. Or Ajmal is the flat cap driver on Instagram. Reach out. James, you have a new podcast with a friend of ours. I do. Mr. Andy Gorn from Last Rasp. It's great. It's really great. Uh, it's called Curb and Canyon, if you don't mind me just throwing that By in. Way. Um, unfortunately, the American spelling of Curb with a C, we went back and forwards on that quite a bit instead of a K. It's going great. We were out, we've done one episode. We've got a second episode just about to drop. Great. Um, I, I've been doing my auto amateur podcast for about three years. I've done three yep. seasons now. Um, the first season was all just me. The second season, I sort of plucked up the courage to start to do a little bit of collaboration. And then in the third season this past year, more and more, um, Andy and I have just been finding excuses to get on together. So, uh, you know, I've, instead of it being week after week, auto amateur with Andy from Last Rasp, we thought, let's just do something together and we'll both put skin in the game and we'll both get on with it. And uh, it's been hilarious. We just sit there giggling. <laughs> We're putting out a podcast. We giggle first and then we figure out what to talk about yeah, second. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's a lot of fun. And mm -hmm. thankfully, um, it's got a few downloads so far. You know, the first episode wasn't deleted off Apple Podcasts straight away, which is good. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's really, really cool. Great. No, yeah. listen, I, listen, I listened to it yesterday. Um, it, was, it was really good. It's very lighthearted, but it's very obviously brand specific, but then it just ventures out into anything. And that's my, that's the thing that I like. And Mark and I are a little bit like that when, I mean, when it was just me and you, Mark, we do just kind of touch on any and every subject. And I'm terrible at anything that pops into my head. It's out my mouth before, uh, before I've processed it. So I, I like that. Aspect <laughs> of it. It's really good. Just on that. The, what, that episode of just you and I crapping on Ajmal, that's actually been our yeah. highest downloaded episode. <laughs> <laughs> we get all this trouble to get these guests in, right? <laughs> More people to listen to us, cock on. It's classic. The, um, you, you may not be aware, James, if you didn't listen to our podcast with Lee, but I spoke to Ajmal and Lee about someone reaching out to me about a car collection that mm. they had that they're, I, they got in touch with me and asked if I dealt in classic cars. 
which my response was, who is this? And anyway, we end up talking and he said, yeah, Bob, man, he's got about 20 or 30 cars and he bought about 20, 30 years ago and he's not well. He needs to free up some cash and he's asked me to see if I can find someone to get rid of him. And there's all sorts of stuff in there, Fords, Holdens. Holden is the General Motors division in Australia in case mm-hmm. any listeners overseas oh, are aware. did not um, know that. That's okay. And um, some it's Ferraris and Lambos. Yeah. And I thought, ooh, yeah, this is exciting. And as well knows, I was very excited. Yeah. And it was on Sunday, last Sunday, Sunday before. I can't remember. Anyway, I was going to go out and look at them. And we're sitting down with my uh, wife's sister and her family for breakfast. They were down in Perth for a couple of uh, days. And she says, what if they're they're model cars? I said, what? She goes, what if if a guy just wants to sell you model cars? I said, why would a guy get in contact with model cars? Anyway, I'm driving home and going, what if this is model cars? So anyway, I sent him a text, you know, just before I leave home to drive an hour south to go and check these cars out. And he sends me a photo of about 30 model cars on his kitchen table. No. Yes. No, like matchbox, like Hot Wheels kind of cars. Oh, yeah, all different scale cars, right? And I am just, oh, no, I'm laughing about it because what else can you do, right? And this, uh, <laughs> and my wife was devastated. She goes, I'm, I'm upset for you. Yeah, she was actually more upset than I was about the whole thing because how excited I was about this. You know, like, I was like, she was bracing for the worst. She's thinking, oh, no, he's going to drop half a million dollars on this. Right, I'm not going to do anything about it. Right, this is what's going through her head. I can tell you, right. And by the way, that's half a million I don't have, so that would have made it even worse, right? And, um, yeah, but anyway, so no outcome on the barn finds. So you, you, you seem like a pretty. Sorry, I'll, you seem like sorry, a pretty Jamie. humble guy, Mark. No, no, no worries. You sound like a pretty humble guy, Mark. But um, I think even even the most. Uh, down to earth sort of guy if if got a phone call talking about you know like a, a vintage collection of cars you know that that must have stroked the ego a little bit how did that feel when you realized it was toys oh yeah look look, look I, I i actually said how did you get hold of me why are you calling me right about this in you know at the start of the when you first got in touch and you said oh look there's a guy down the road he's got a porsche i asked him who i should talk to about getting rid of some cars and he's and he the guy said asked me, is there any Porsche in there? I said, yeah. And he said, well, the guy you want to talk to is Mark and Cars. He he's got a YouTube channel. He knows people, you know. So he went through my <laughs> channel, got in touch with me. And anyway, what do you do? Funny, huh? Oh, that's that's brilliant. That's absolutely oh, it is. brilliant. It's unreal. I'm and, devastated um, now. What's that? I'm devastated now. I was convinced you were going to say, no, it was all a joke. It's actually like a big barn of vintage, untouched cars that I just fire up on the key and just yeah. dust them off and drive yeah, all them. 11, all 11 of those three, five, six speedsters were lined up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the dream. <laughs> the, um, and I've also... I did some interesting filming of a of an automotive topic in the last um, week to ten days. There's a, a the pre-war racing scene in WA and in Australia is pretty tight knit, as I'm sure it is everywhere around the world. You know, like you know those Goodwood style cars and that type of thing. Anyway, there's a gentleman who he bought a car from a guy who's now in his 90s whose dad raced it bought it brand new this car 
and it's been in the family this whole time up until only about six years ago. And um, he just wants me to film a doco tracing the history of this car with its racing history and up to where it is now in the restoration process. And I'll tell you what, it's been infectious dealing with these guys who are all in their 70s, 80s and 90s and how enthusiastic about these flathead V8 Ford panels ripped off, custom bodies on a chassis, timber frame cars, right? Yeah. And the, the way they, how passionate these guys are about these cars, I'll tell you, it was unreal just spending the day with them and hearing the stories, you know, like, like we're all bad enough as we are the way we crap on about cars, but my goodness, in another 30 years, imagine how bad we're going to be. That's what this was. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, it was infectious. I was, I'm sitting there thinking, I need a flathead V8 pre-war special to go I'm, racing on the weekends in. I was just about to say, are you, are you about to reveal that you're now into that scene? Oh, look. And you're going to buy a pre-war I'll tell you what, it's a, there, it was a lot more social than some of the other car scenes I've uh, been to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh. I, you cannot criticise the cups of tea and the bickies. <laughs> oh, no. I miss a good <laughs> cup of tea and a bickie. You just don't get that over here. I tell you, you go pre-war car hunting, you are definitely getting tea and bickies. <laughs> Hang on, James, I see you so many, they all went wrong. Remember? Oh, I know, I know. I, 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 know. I, I still don't know what, what, what actually happened there. I know, I know. I just I think about them every now and again still. I just cannot get Jeremy <laughs> Dodgers over here. I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to send them again. What but, are you talking about? But Ashmel, I did get your stickers through Mark. Uh, sorry, oh. through Todd. Yeah, through um, oh, Todd brilliant. the Urban Outlaw in uh, Chicago Land. When I saw him at Stone City uh, Outlaw. That's right, Stone City yes. Outlaw on Instagram. Um, I did a video with him earlier the year. He was on my podcast. It's a very tight knit little community. This Porsche connected universe. Um, yeah, he was like, "Here you go." Ashmel uh, asked me to give you these. And he, you know, pulled out six or seven stickers, and, and now there are six or seven cars in Minnesota driving around with flat cap driver on the back. <laughs> I should have sent me some. I've just been going around sticking them on random cars. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what I've been doing. I've not got one on my own car. Just them on random cars that I see. Random Toyotas and Hondas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't actually got one on my own car. I've just thought about that, actually. We have to, uh, Ajma, we've Branding, got to find Come on. We've got to find the bus driver. No, not the bus driver. <laughs> yeah, you know the flat cap driver, the bus driver dude uh, on um, flat cap bus driver. You know the one there's I mean, don't guy, you? James, there's a guy on YouTube. He's called Flat Cap Bus Driver. I've not seen any of his videos, but he's got like, I think he's got tens of thousands of followers, and I, I think he just drives around some northern town in England, talking away about whatever's been going on that day. And so whenever someone types in flat cap into YouTube, yeah. they can see up. the bus driver come up first. Well, wait, and then I is just that Ashmal with the D? That must be the Ashmal with <laughs> no, no, the D. It's Ajal. Ajal, there's no M in it. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no M. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, James, I wanted to ask you about, because obviously you talked about it on your podcast, uh, your 996. Yeah. You did the you started the big old project and it was like flying along at first, wasn't it? Because when you did mm. the the paint color change, the wheels, the suspension, all of that stuff, and obviously then it got that transmission problem, and then yeah. you just went total radio silence on it, and then suddenly it's back. Tell us about it. 
It's back, yeah. And uh, it came back because my wife threatened to leave me if I didn't get rid of one of my cars in the garage because she doesn't like parking in between two cars that I constantly just like, don't touch them, don't touch them, careful. Um, so I decided to get rid of the 991. But yeah, um, and you're a fellow 996 owner as well, so you can probably appreciate some of this. Um, before I start, though, I've got to say, in, in all fairness, I probably should have dealt with the transmission and the engine first, you know, before pumping money into paint jobs and brakes. And it's a pretty important part of the systems. car. You know, I've heard that, but it still looks great in my garage, just sat there gathering dust. <laughs> but you know, I... Um, it's really funny here in Minnesota, the seasons really affect us. You know, we get six weeks of beautiful sunshine in the summer and then the rest of the year is, for more or less is cold, rainy, or it's just six months of snow. So I've, I've been into the Porsche scene now for about four or five years and I've had four or five cars and I'm sort of following a pattern. I pick them up in the summer, I drive them. They're then away for most of the winter and I spend all winter modding them um, and then drive them for a little bit in the spring. And I'm like, all right, I'm bored of this now. What's the next one? So but I've, I came across this uh, this beaten up 996 uh, in, the, in the deep south, I think it was, just outside of New Orleans. Um, the, uh, the owner had been watching my YouTube channel for a little while, said that uh, it had broken, transmission issue, didn't want to didn't want to spend any money fixing it. Um, I was looking for a project car at the time. I didn't want to get rid of my 991. I was, I was still into that at the time. So I thought, you know, if I can pick up a cheap one, that's going to be fun. Uh, and it was pandemic time as well. You know, it was it was something to do in the garage um, on my own and with a couple of friends all masked up, that good stuff. Uh, but it, yeah, it came along five grand for a 996. I, I'm pretty sure that's the cheapest 996 in the world. I, I would probably go that far and say... I'm, I love breaking the best records, you know. <laughs> it's such a YouTube thing, cheapest. Like you, you, you can't cut Ashmael's grassy. He, 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 that's he, he hangs that flat cap on finding the cheapest cars. But, but <laughs> mine was the cheapest that you could just jump into and drive anyway. So mine was mm. six and a half thousand pounds, and I could just drive to Scotland and back in a day in it. Yeah, I wouldn't do that in the box though. No, no, the boxer doesn't go anywhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> they, keep, they keep telling us about the 996. So, yeah, the gearbox is uh, no good. Yeah, you know, actually, the gearbox was fine. The clutch was fine. It was the uh, the bell housing that connects the transmission to the engine sure. within which the clutch. Um, it had snapped and it had fractured. Almost like, you know, when you crack a chocolate Easter egg into two halves, yep. it kind of looked just like that. And I always think about chocolate, so that's why I made that reference. Yeah, yeah, stick up, yeah. Um, so we took off the transmission. It was going to take a while to get the tra uh, new transmission sourced and installed. At the time, there was no issue with the engine whatsoever. So we thought, we'll work on everything else in parallel. Because here I'm thinking like YouTube video mentality, not car project mentality. But what's going to be an interesting video to do next? Let's, let's focus on that job instead of what should I have done in the right sort of order of yeah, rebuilding yeah. a car? Um, again, you know, it's all about my priorities. So we, we, we ended up getting it resprayed and we did the brakes and we took off the brake calipers and we got them powder coated. I've got um, Fister mufflers on the back, um, who, by the way, is going to be joining us in Curban Canyon for a, a podcast shortly, awesome. uh, Mr. Darren Fister. Um, so I've done a whole bunch of things and it hang looks on. Hang on, phenomenal. Can you... In the in the podcast, can you consistently refer to him as Mister Fister? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just see if he picks up on it for me. 
<laughs> I will, Mister Fister. Yeah, and maybe ask ring, me about it? his sister. It, uh, <laughs> it does absolutely. Uh, you know, so we did all these changes. The car looked fantastic, and then we finally got the transmission mounted. And uh, Stephen Pat took it for a test drive. It was you know, really good. The new short shift kit we put in was fantastic. Um, you know, for the sort of five, 10 minutes that they drove it and I flew a drone over the top, it was amazing. And they went home and I thought, you know, I'll just take it out and I'll, I'll just get some real footage. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It was a really nice day. Um, drove two or three miles to this abandoned sort of airstrip area where I take a lot of drone photography. Um, and the car was fine. You know, I did a few burnouts. I just it was gorgeous it was driving so well and then i thought well i gotta go home on the way home the first stoplight i couldn't get it into first gear and i thought uh oh maybe we didn't put a cable back properly so i took off in second and then i tried to get into third gear couldn't get it into third gear <laughs> at which point i'm starting to stress because i am in the middle of nowhere in minnesota at this point you know there is no one around there is absolutely no one around um so i, end, I limped home over about 20 minutes in second and fourth gear because one, three, and five weren't working. And I didn't want to go to six. Oh, sounds um, like a shifter problem to me. Well, <laughs> I think so. But like when, when I got home, pulled around the corner, um, I turned the car off and thought, you know what? I'm just going to turn the car on again and see what happened. Turn the car on. And as I cranked the engine, I just heard this God almighty snap. At which point I just thought, oh, this is toast. It's it's toast. My friends, Pat helped me push it onto the lift, got it up. The transmission bell housing had broken in exactly the same space, in exactly really? the same way. Yeah. Wow, almost, almost the exact same fracture line. You know, you see the photo of the two um, uh, transmissions next to each other. It, it, it looks like deja vu. Um, so we, we think maybe it's uh, an engine alignment issue, um, the the previous owner had the IMS done and it wasn't by a specialist shop. So maybe they didn't put things back properly. Maybe, you know, something like that. Um, oh, no, it'll just send a Porsche under warranty. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 20 years ago, uh, somebody I don't know it? bought this car. <laughs> 25, yeah. Yeah, well, I know 20. It's 2002. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I got one of those new yeah, fangled, uh, newfangled ones, do you? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, come on. There's no messing around on this channel. Um, <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, this time, as well as the transmission bell housing cracking, uh, there was a crack along the adjoining part of the engine bay, the, the casing on the bottom of the engine. Oof. So that I took it to a couple of specialists and they think the engine probably could be salvaged, but it'd be quite an expensive job to, to do. Um, so, you know, I was at a crossroads. Well, you know what? That was one of the options I was considering. But, you know, you, you mentioned that I'd gone quiet for a while, and that was because I was just sort of at this crossroads. I mean, I bought a car for five grand. I've put, you know, five or six grand into it. I'm now into it for 12. And it's if exactly I want to get a replacement you, engine. when you started. Yeah, right, right, right. And, you know, I'm back to where I'm started. So if I do an LS swap, I'm going away from the Porsche, you know, sort of theme. I'm going to get a lot of hate. I'm not even sure I want to do that, even though it'd be kind of fun just for a laugh. Um, but I, I wouldn't know where to start. I mean, I wouldn't do any yeah. of that work myself. Sure. Uh, do I just sell it as is, as a roller, and see if somebody wants to do it, you know, turn it into a track car or, or do it themselves? And I might be able to get my money back, you know, 10, 11, 12 grand. Because if, if you buy in cars that have been smashed up in two on a 
auction website for 10 grand, surely you'd want to buy a nice looking 996 with a transmission issue for the same what sort of price. What about, a, what about a new engine transmission, right? I wouldn't say new, I mean used, but out of a said wreck that you've just talked about. Yeah. Yeah. How much? What's that cost you in the States? Is that a, well, a $20,000 equation or is it a $5,000 equation? Uh, no, it's it's sort of in between, and then, and that's actually the the, the direction I've, I've I've taken now. Oh, okay. Because um, uh, once uh, I like go back to the beginning, once my wife Ruthie said, "You got to get rid of one of these," I didn't want to let go of the nine nine six without fixing it. So I thought, "All right, let's just get on with it." Um, so I've sourced a replacement transmission with about sixty thousand miles on it, and that was I want to say three grand. wasn't wasn't too much, um, but you know, you start talking engines. And there is a there's a huge spectrum. You of know, course. you can buy one, you can buy one out of a smash, um, which probably needs a lot of work for anywhere between sort of, I don't know, five to ten grand. And you've got no idea if it's gonna work. You've got to sure. rebuild it from scratch, you've got to yeah. pump loads of money into it. You can go to places like LA Dismantler or uh, Flat Six Innovations, and they will rebuild a 996 engine that you either provide or they have, you know, they start yeah. with a core. Mm-hmm. Um and that can cost you anywhere up to 20, 25, 30 grand, 40 grand, depending on what you want. Um, they'll take a 3.6 engine and they'll um, turn it into a four liter. Um, could you imagine a four liter engine in a 996? I'd love it. Ooh. But are you just saying that? That would be, be absolutely awesome. Because I thought you, you, know, you could go into know. partnership. It's got to be. You go into partnership with LA Dismantler, Sarah. And we should get her on, by the way, Mark, and uh, and and get her to provide it, and then you know do a collaboration. Sarah is awesome. I know Sarah pretty well, and uh, yeah, she's she helped me out with a lot of things during Project Nine Nine Six. But when it came to the engine side, she put me in touch with her engine department, and all the English charm in the world and free T-shirts wasn't getting me anywhere with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, here's the price. And I was like, yeah, but I'm like really good mates with Sarah. And she said she'd take care of me. And they're like, everybody's good mates with Sarah James. This is the price. I know, I know, I know, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, but you, you know, by the way, just quite a, a quick aside, um, if you can get her on the podcast, um, you, you really should reach out to her. She's awesome. Um, really I have nice in the lady, past, mother she's of quite keen, Ashmel. Oh, cool! Yeah, excellent. She's definitely. so cool. She's so cool, and she's like such a um, such a champion for women in this crazy little culture of ours as well. And who doesn't um, like women? Well, there are a few people that don't, but yeah, they're lonely. <laughs> what you <laughs> what you <laughs> often see, though, you know how many uh, how many overweight white guys, <clears throat> hello me, uh, are involved in the Porsche world. You know, this, this, it's it's just it's fantastic. She's awesome. Get her on. Because I was thinking, because of because um, we had uh, Lara on previously, the, that Porsche girl, and yeah, yeah, I've, I've got you know I've got two I've got two daughters, um, and I always think that the world needs to change, and, and it's people like us that need to change it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not; it shouldn't be on the shoulders of people like Lara and people like Sarah to change it. Uh, right. it it's the equal responsibility falls to us. So anything that comes along that champions that and gives it a platform and gives a voice, you know, if, we, if assuming this is on the assumption that people are tuning in and listening and taking notes of what <laughs> hey, we're thousand what download, guys, it. come on, over a thousand, yeah. we're probably at a thousand two by now. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but I'm 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 all up for that. So yeah, we should definitely have her on. Ashmel, you've been out for a drive in the nine twelve. 
No, the 912 is in storage. Remember that um, car, everyone? Yeah. So, yeah. James, you know, if you know, I've got a 1966, which 912. I am a follower, Ajmal. I, I'm, I'm a oh, little bit offended you. that you would, you would even ask. Thank you. I, I always assume no one watches, <laughs> no one listens. Rubbish. Instagram, <laughs> um, but- YouTube, I'm on it. Thank you. I really appreciate that because my, my 912 is in storage and you know what it's like over here in the winter. The The roads are salted. It's awful. And I just can't take it out. And when it rains, it hemorrhages water. It's There's puddles. Um, from the bottom so, of it. so what do you get, like four so, days a year you can drive this thing? What's going on? Well, no, I mean, from <laughs> March, to October, March to October, it's fine. Um, yeah, okay. But it's, you know, it's in storage. I'm, I've got to get a garage built, but when I go and get it, it takes ages to fire up as well because I've got to get the carb sorted out. And I don't because once it does fire up, it's great. And I just drive the crap out of it wherever I go. And people always say to me, well, why'd you drive it that hard? It's, you know, it's over 50 years old. It's it's 60 years old. Why'd you do that? But it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I, I do the same thing on my 356. It's, honestly, yeah. it's just, I'm not going to do anything to it that hasn't been done in the last 60 years that car's been on the planet. You know, exactly. It's been, it's been flogged. It was bought as a Porsche sports car. It has been treated as such its whole life. I, yeah. I agree completely because um, it's so much fun, and you're not actually going that fast. So where I'm in my part of, that's part of the fun, I think, Ashmel. It is, and it's it's the noise, the smell, all of that. But you know, in my 996, when I when I'm gunning around everywhere, you're going too fast. Um, so, which is why when I, I take my daughter swimming every Saturday and I drive through the couple of villages and then I get onto the motorway, the highway and the slip road, I get onto the slip road and I get up to the 70 miles an hour speed limit in second gear because it's the only time I can yeah. floor it. <laughs> and it's red lined, screaming. I love it. But you know, that's, that's what it's for. And you'll be doing that soon, James and yours. Well, I hope so. And where in the UK are you, Ashmel? I'm in South Oxfordshire, so I am is that, the nearest. Is that is that like Henley? Uh, I'm not far from Henley, but the okay. nearest big okay. place is Reading. Is Reading is the nearest big place? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's it's kind of I'm, like quite far, but it's the nearest. Some of the roads place. around there are really nice. They really are because I can literally come out of my driveway, hit a country yeah. lane, and you're off. Uh, the yeah. problem with that is Cyclists. the nine twelve. Well, no, it's 912. Yeah, cyclists. And the 912 is left-hand drive, so I can't overtake anything because I can't see past them because I'm on the wrong side of the car. Why? Well, so, don't let that stop you. <laughs> I know, I've, I've done a couple where it's like I found myself actually screaming while I'm going, <laughs> while I'm going past the past of the car. <laughs> 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 Because I'm expecting a lorry or a tr- it's not likely to be a lorry, it's likely to be a tractor coming the other way. I find in my 356, and this would have to be similar in the 912 as well, Lajmal. My car is so little and skinny. You can sort of duck in and out, duck. Oh, yeah, I can't. No, I'm not going to make it. No, I'm not going to make it. Oh, I've got plenty of room now. Bang, go. Or always. Because oh, that's a left hand drive car. Mine is as well, right in a right hand drive country. And the. Um, I always, always look for the gentle bend so you can see around the other side of the car. But I'm going to do my overtake moves as well. Similar sort of situation. Because the difference is, and it'll be the same in the US, the roads are so wide, whereas here you're so close to the oncoming traffic. 
No, our, our country our country roads are can be pretty small with very little curb or runoff or anything like that. You know, so so what's it like? So what's it like in the US, James? Is it are, are the roads, highways, even the smaller twisties? Are they are they quite wide? Relatively, yeah. I mean, I think the fact that I drove thirteen hundred miles to get to the tail of the dragon to get a twisty experience probably <laughs> is the right answer. Um, you know, miles. So, oh mate, yeah. So so much of the US is the grid system. Um, you know, I, I can pull onto the highway from Minneapolis, drive four hours South and not have to make a single turn before I hit Des Moines, Iowa. Um, and and if you were to go on the country roads, which are like the equivalent of the A and B roads in the UK, um, the vast majority of those are also straight in a grid system like that, even in the countryside, you know, you see these farms that are sort of in between these 10 block by 10 block kind of, or 10 mile by 10 mile, you know, kind of just chunks of land so when we, we go driving in the twin cities um we're, we're lucky that the, the the mississippi sort of cuts diagonally through in between the cities and on either side of the mississippi and then the minnesota river kind of makes an x uh, on either side of those two rivers there are some bluffs and so to get up and down them it's quite twisty um but you're talking about you know a quick half mile with a couple of turns yeah. and then yeah, straight yeah. And then maybe another couple of turns and then, you know, straight for a while. So you have to you have to drive quite a way to find really challenging roads like that. But then I guess it's probably where you live because I spent quite a bit of time in California and there are so many twisty roads in California, especially through the canyons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here in the Midwest, it's pretty flat. It's pretty dull. It's pretty bleak. Right now. Why did I move here? Oh, my wife. Right right now, it's sounding a lot like... Your new podcast name is Ironic. <laughs> I know, right? Can we call Curb Rash? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I my, See, the curb is my part and the canyons is Andy. Got it, got it, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see those roads near him in Melbourne. But I want to ask you, Mark, so one of my lifelong best friends is in Perth. Sure. And um, all the photos I ever see from her is either her in a beautiful sparse backyard doing handstands or she's on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, like how many people live in Perth? I mean, you talk about traffic and bubbing out. I, I in, the, in my head, I've got this picture of like 10 families stuck on, on the far Western side of Australia. You are the most remote city on the planet, right? Yes, we are. Yep. The, okay. um, well, we are closer to Singapore than Sydney. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So um yeah, we WA is look, push away. COVID has been um the only time it's been a benefit to live where we do. Yeah. Because of how protected we've been, because people just don't come here at the best of times anyway. But um mm-hmm. the city itself, a population is about two million. Oh, so that's a, that's a big. Yeah, but it's quite a large city. It's spread out across a long, about 130 kilometres of coastline, the city is, from, you oh, know, the, okay. from this very southern, what's the southern boundary of the metropolitan area to the northern boundary. It's about 130-odd cases or something like that. What's that? 80 okay. miles. It's 20 miles or something like mm-hmm. and, um, and we've got a scarp which is like a, a low hill range, which would mm-hmm. have been the original um, coastline, I think, because of the type of um, 
soil and everything we have up to that point looks yeah. like we'll live on the old ocean floor here, it feels like. Okay. Um, the But that only goes up to about, in elevation, to about 190 metres, I think, that scarp does. So it's not a, we're not, it's not mountainous or anything like that. It's very flat um, mm-hmm. part of the world where Perth is in the very bottom, but almost at the same latitude as Sydney. Okay. On, on the globe, to give you an idea. So we're Perth right at the bottom of Western Australia or towards the bottom. And, um, yeah, our, our climate is a lot of people who know the US and know Australia, Perth is like what it's LA is like compared to Sydney's like New York. That would be okay. great. That's a fairly good comparison with regards Got to you. the lifestyle, that type yeah. of thing. Like, yeah. We broke the record of the most number of days over 40 degrees since records have started in the last couple of weeks. Whoa. And, oh yeah, 40 is hot anywhere. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, you know, that's – and, like, once you go over 40, it doesn't matter anymore. Whether it's, 40, <laughs> whether it's 41 or 47, once you hit 40, you're gone for all money. It's just hot, you know. And I think we had seven yeah. or eight days in a row over 40. And in January, it's not very common. February, we tend – February is a hot month, yeah, right? But, yeah, it's – speaking of which, airflow in a 356 when the temperature is over 40 degrees, that isn't that good. Okay. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Those little quarter windows that sit – I've got a B, so it's got quarter windows. If I had an A, I wouldn't have them, right? But it's a 356B coupe. So those little, you know, front little corner vent windows that yep. sit in front of your roll-down windows – You'd get good at angling those so that any semblance of airflow comes onto you. Oh, my goodness. Because otherwise you get out of the car and there's a puddle of sweat that you're sitting in, right? (laughs) Well, the thing about um, the sunshine in Australia, so I don't know, uh, On Michael Bath was talking about it. Uh, the other week, it's just you know hot. he was in it's hotter. Well, he was in well, you know he's he was in Bahrain, and it's really hot there. And he said, you know, you could go outside, and yeah. it's same kind of temperature. He could sit out for an hour at lunchtime with his wife and have a coffee or a drink, and then come back in and then carry on. And he went, he did the same thing in Australia where he sat out for twenty minutes, came back in, sunburnt. Is it <laughs> is it the ozone layer thing? It is. is it's it? definitely we have, they have the same problem in the um in the um in New Zealand as well. It is definitely a southern hemisphere ozone thing because I've spent a load of time in Europe, been to the Middle East quite a bit as well. Like I've gotten off an aircraft in Dubai at 47 degrees and walked across the tarmac, which is probably about 60 degrees Celsius, as you can imagine, yeah. right? This is back in the days before they had all the air bridges, sky bridges in um, at Dubai Airport and didn't get sunburned. You walk outside here more than 25 degrees without sunscreen and you just burst into flames. Wow. It's the only way to describe what goes on. Like we were like it was yesterday. I, I got the tops of my feet burnt going to going to the uh, going to Rodney Stone. <laughs> and I'm telling you, tops of feet isn't very nice when you've got to put shoes and socks on to go to work the next day. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm basically telling myself here to never go to Perth because if the oh, average person bursts into flames. No, you're fine. Yeah. I don't think so. I think you're lying to me. I think gingers should. Uh, this is a call out to all gingers. Don't go anywhere near Western Australia. <laughs> now, there's a lot of English migrants here. And you know, with, with English migrants, there's two types there's olive skin, and then there's not. 
right? And the knots, they sort of go white, pink, peel, white. That's their life cycle of living in Perth, <laughs> right? <laughs> but look, I don't, since I've lived, I've lived here over 30 years, I don't go outside any day, including winter, without sunscreen is a daily ritual. Yeah. Which I'm sure I'm going to pay for because of the aluminium in it or something, and I'm going to lose the mm-hmm. plot in about 15 minutes or, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, what can you do if you live here? But life's pretty good here. We've, um, we don't have the traffic problems that everyone else complains about. And Yeah, yeah. It's well spread out. The roads, look, it's a bit of a hike from where I am to get to good roads for driving, but, you know, I'm less than a kilometre from the beach. You know, it's not, we will often go in some, because we don't have daylight savings either, James, so the sun's up at 4 a.m. here in the summer, right? So right. it's not unusual for us to get up at five-ish or something like that here and we'll go down the beach before we get, you know, drop my daughter off to school. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I so, like that. And the water temperature is 23, 24 degrees, which is nice. Oh, my it's God. Not, you know, it's, it's very different near Redding, isn't it, Ajmal? We're right by the river here. Um, everyone's obviously got rickets because they suffer from uh, vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody goes out, and when they do, it's dark. So, and in the, and in the summer, obviously, everybody swim gets sunburned. But I just people swim uh, in the I, I don't. People do. So yeah, okay. in the summer, there's uh, right by where I live. There's a bridge that goes across the river, and if it gets really hot, more than twenty five degrees, there's teenagers jumping. All the sixteen year olds jump off the river. Yeah, they they all jump off the river, and then there's people who live nearby who have wetsuits and they go swimming in the river every morning. Ah, okay. Um, but it's, you know, it's, Wet, it's not like wetsuits or hazmat suits. Uh, it's, it's those old school suits, you know, where you've got the tank over your head and you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <the> four windows. <laughs> yeah. The window, you've got the window where you can open it. It's that kind of thing. But it's, Quality. I mean, it's the, for six months of the year, six, seven, maybe eight months, it's beautiful. But then I don't mind the winter. I don't mind the winter as long as it's sunny. Cast and it's drizzling and it's nonstop for day after day after day. And you just think, I'm just going to stay inside in a hole. So, Ashmal, you mentioned... <laughs> Ashmal, you mentioned uh, Michael Bath and Porsche Cooled just a little while ago. And uh, yep. I've, I've been dying to ask you a question, if you don't mind me just hijacking the agenda for a second. <laughs> Please do. So I've, I've known Michael through YouTube for uh, probably as long as I've been on it, you know, four or five years. Um, don't speak to him as much as I, I used to when I had a 997, but, um, you know, I consider him a mate and I, I always tune in and listen to his uh, his podcast. And uh, I mean, he's done a phenomenal job with Porsche Cooled, right? I mean, it's it's the it's Porsche podcast, basically. It's, it's awesome. Um, you were the co-host for a little while while Steve took a break. As I don't know whether you got to know Steve or not, and maybe Mark, I'm just putting you two Australians together, but I've got to ask this, and no offense to Steve, I'm worried about him. What's wrong with him? He's the co-host of one of the best podcasts available, and he's miserable. He's always miserable. He sounds like a nice fella, but he's like, Michael is like lively, and he's talking and talking, and Steve's like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think. Oh, well, I think they come on, come yeah. on, Steve. You I need the light and together. dark balance. You need the light yeah. and dark balance. <laughs> exactly, yin and yang, yin and yang. Because I think they're a good balance together. Because I Steve's obviously very, yeah, he's very introverted, 
but he's a lot more relaxed about his car, his GT3. So he's a lot more relaxed about using it, about driving it like it should be driven. And, you know, he does the old cleaning thing and, and he does the old DIY using all of the different cleaning materials and, and you know, changing gear knobs and things like that. Whereas Michael's, everything's got to be, you know, perfect all the time. And, and I can mm. just imagine Michael having palpitations when he sees my Instagram about how my car gets used. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that, you know, I message Steve on Instagram and stuff like that. I, I think he's a great guy and, he, and I think he's perfect. He's just a perfect foil for Michael, just just the way he is. Yeah, um, if yeah. Any different, I, I think I you're right. Yeah, yeah. I don't the think the podcast would be kinda... what it is. Exactly. I don't yeah. think the podcast would yeah. be what it is without him being the way he is. I, um, I quite enjoy. I quite enjoy the um, the fact that our community does embrace all personality types. Yeah, you know what I mean. And the, the mm-hmm. look, look at look at the five people that are in this conversation or about right now. You're talking about. Michael Bath, Steve, Ajmal, James, and myself. You couldn't get five more diametrically different people on the Richter scale in <laughs> five different places on earth, right? Yeah, yeah we've yeah. all got the common interest mm-hmm. and passion and enthusiasm. So it just shows yeah, you the brand cool. isn't, with the exception of fact that we're all male, right? But other than that, you know, how different all our lives are and what we do and all those sorts of things. The fact that, you know, there is a there is a place for all of us within that community, that's that's part of the appeal mm-hmm. of the whole thing for me. It yeah, is. I, like I, I have I have been thinking about it recently because I, I did go to the Bista Scramble, uh, which is up in Oxford. It's in Bista. Um, it's, um, and it's just a classic car event. It happens a couple of times a year, and I've never been to one before, so I went to the one in January, bitterly cold. Um, but it was a good mixture of people. People were there with their kids. There were men, women, and they actually had really decent food and coffee because of the events I've been to, I'd only been to a few events. They're, they've all never got any decent coffee or food because I always think that that's where people congregate, that's where people get to meet each other and things like that. Uh, but it was... I like that there's a cross section of people and it is all embracing because there's mm-hmm. some that are a little bit exclusive and um and and the, the Porsche brand, I think there's a there's a Porsche for everybody, isn't there? And would I be right in saying that? I think there is, because I wouldn't be into if there wasn't, I wouldn't have one. So I'm at the low end. Because <laughs> <laughs> I find I find um to that point the the way it was best explained to me, and this happened to me a long time ago, you know, like 30-plus years ago before Porsche was recognised as the brand it is today. You know, back then it was really motoring enthusiasts were the only people that had Porsches or dentists, right? And um, <laughs> the same. Yeah. Sometimes. The, um, the, and that was... As great as Ferraris are by every metric you can measure a car, the one thing, the one big difference between a Porsche and a Ferrari, and that were the two comparable brands back then, I'm talking about in the late 70s, early 80s, right, was you can pull up anywhere in the world in a Porsche and someone will go, hmm, nice. You pull up a Ferrari in everywhere but two places in the world, people go, look at that knob. Right, so, yeah. so the the fa- and those two places in the world are like Monaco, right? Yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> and Moderna. They're the only two places in the world you can actually drive a Ferrari without <laughs> looking like a knob when you're down. Now, now we've alienated. We've alienated all Ferrari drivers now. Yeah. I said, no, no. There's, there's not Ferrari drivers, Ashmal. They don't want to put Ks in their car. They're Ferrari owners. Oh, that's true. They're very different. That is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Plus, in Monaco, the Ferraris are just like, you know, the Toyota Camry. I mean, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're, they've lost their, their appeal and this special. They're not so special you, anymore. I always think about Ferraris as you know because with my Porsche, kind of, but it's, but it's but my Porsche is an everyday car, right? So it gets serviced as a, as a normal car does <clears> once a year, it gets the oil changed. But whereas with the Ferrari, you go like a. I was looking at three five five years ago, just thinking, oh, I wonder what you know. They're, they're not that expensive. Yeah, and, I need, yeah, I need I said, something to bankrupt me. You were thinking, yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then someone just—I just saw a YouTube video, and I see lots of them now. You know, uh, what's his name? Tyler from Hoovy's Garage. He's got one, and it's oh, every five or six years, it needs a belt service. And you think, okay, that's fine. Oh no, it needs the engine and gearbox taken out to do that. Oh, by the way, it's likely to burst into flames as well. And you just go, nah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm totally sold on that idea. Whereas I could go to work in my car. <laughs> I don't understand why more companies just didn't bring out flat plane V8 motors in their cars. You know, you've got a good section of a good 30 years plus of about three companies that did it. And every time you hear a flat plane V8, They must be completely useless, you know, in every metric of reliability. That's the only, either that or the, they can't justify the tooling. But I think, isn't there a Mustang now that comes with a flat plane V8 in it now? I think the GT500 um, or something does. Maybe. So I'm, not, I'm not sure, to be honest. Anyway, but they sound, they sound incredible. All those cars sound amazing. My, so uh, I had a... Sorry, oh, sorry, James. I was just going to say, isn't it 700 brake horsepower or something? What's the, which one? The new, must, the new Mustang. Yeah, like, yeah, something like, yeah, well, the things weigh four ton. They've got to be. <laughs> yes, I, just I'm afraid. I'm afraid of getting into co- discussions about Mustangs because I will talk myself into buying them. I've always <laughs> liked them. I've, you know, I've always liked the look of them, at least the, the 60s and 70s versions. The 80s and 90s and early 2000s was just awful. Oh, I love a Fox um, body. Oh, the, the, the recent ones, nice. Anything sort of 80s, 90s, early 2000s, I don't want to touch. Um, but, you know, bang for book, like horsepower to, Hard to, go to past, dollar. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that and the Camaro um, and the Transformer connection, of course, which gets me going because I'm a movie geek. Well, I wouldn't be a movie geek, I guess, if I like Transformers. I'm just a geek. Um, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I kind of, I, I really like those cars. And uh, I'd, I'd love to do some, like, you know, I just like to get my hands on them, wrench on them. If I had a Ferrari, could you imagine me doing a DIY oil change video in my garage in a Ferrari? I'd burn the house down as well as the garage. <laughs> but you must, you guys must have watched the Radarosa YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that he has a crack. I don't know. I feel like he knows what he's doing, though. I feel like he really knows what he's doing because when he starts yeah, doing something, maybe, and he starts tearing into it, he's diligent. It's, it's not the way I would tear into it. I'd just start taking stuff off and going, "Oh no, what did I do with that thing that I took off three days ago?" He's he's so meticulous <laughs> and he's, he knows exactly what he's doing. So, which is why we watch it. 
Yeah, yeah. I guess people yeah, would still watch right. it if, if if me or James started tearing into one and then losing all the bits along the way. But it, <laughs> but with the go back to the Mustang and yes, the uh, I'm a movie nerd, so you know whenever someone says Mustang, I instantly think either Bullet or Gone in sixty mm-hmm. seconds. Right. Um, and and it's they were iconic movie cars and they look amazing. But then when I think about that era, and you know when you think Dukes of Hazard. And you think yeah. Dodge Charger, yeah, and yeah. that car—it was like a seven point two liter or something like that. But for a car <laughs> with an engine that big, how did it produce so little power horsepower. and have? It was something like a hundred and the low hundred and something horsepower, and it did. Uh, the top speed was one hundred and twenty-two or something like that. It's because it wasn't built by Germans. I mean, that—that's the reason I think. <laughs> That precision point you bring up, James, I didn't even really appreciate so much. I come from a muscle car background. I grew up in the town of in Australia where Fords were built. Both my parents worked for Ford. All my mates' parents worked for Ford. Every other business in oh, Geelong really? was supplying parts to Ford. So it was a Ford town, right? Yeah, yeah. The And I've been through the process of rebuilding Ford V8 motors in my youth for my own use right and my friends cars use i didn't appreciate how well made porsche motors were until you see what the tolerances between things like conrod weights have to be in a porsche compared to a ford you know you got plus or minus like 1.5 grams and the conrod uh weight differences yeah. across your on your porsche and it's plus or minus like yeah. 50 grams in your <laughs> In your Ford yeah. V8, you know, so it's yeah. just a broomstick and it's says. cheaper to make, you know, that's all it comes down to. Well, Ford's like it's the McDonald's of the, uh, the food world, really, isn't it? You know, with how they've they created and revolutionized yep. manufacturing and, and you know, supply chain, etc. Uh, well, I don't know what would Porsche be? Would Porsche be, I don't know, like a, a one of the Gordon Ramsay restaurants in London? I, I'm not sure, but you go and have a burger there and it absolutely is different to the type of burger you get from Mickey D's. Sure. Yeah. The you know, you said we shouldn't start on Mustangs because you talk yourself into buying one, right? I'll give you a good example of what must. You can't hear me. No good. Oh, I I can hear you. No. No. You've muted. Your mute button's on. You good now? Oh, where's he gone? You back? Can you hear us? <laughs> Intermission. Yeah, intermission. James has lost his video. What time of this is time this is for editing purposes? Yep. Hang on, he's just put something in the chat of our video. Yeah, he says I can't hear anything. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, let's see, you might need new headphones. Um, oh, yeah, I, that's true. Yeah, I did notice he had wireless ones on, so. Oh, always interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's going to be back to us in a minute, everyone. Now, um, Ajmal, yep. bought anything Porsche? Oh, he's back. He's back. 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 Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Hey, Mustangs. 
I'll tell you what Mustang you should buy and why, because I know you're going to sympathize, all right? You should buy a current generation Mustang convertible V8 manual because no one else makes one, really. What are you going to buy, a Mercedes AMG? But you're not going to get that in a manual. So, And for the money, like here in Australia, it's a 50 grand car. I'm sure in the US it's probably about a 15 grand car. Right or a twenty grand car, just because twenty five maybe. Yeah. yeah, but for that money, V eight, open top driving, perfect for Minneapolis. Not the uh, <laughs> put an exhaust on it. It'll sound magnificent with no roof on it and manual. Slip and slide yeah. in the ice all day long. Ah, uh, yeah, rear wheel drive. Yep. might as well guess yep. your winters goodbye. <laughs> But yeah. I, I actually think that's the must thing to buy because no other manufacturers actually make a car like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, how many Porsche listeners are still listening, by the way? I just want to know. <laughs> I, I find pretty pretty consistently that you start talking Mustangs and people start tuning out. That's, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm doing this for us, James. I'm doing this yeah. for us. Hey, talking about Porsche, Ajmal, have you bought anything Porsche-related in the last week or so? Porsche-related. Do you mean apart from reading the article about oh, look, some guys from Agile? Is that it? Magazine? <laughs> that you, that's what you've done? Uh, yeah, I've not bought anything because I did buy some. I think I've already talked about that. That was weeks ago. I did buy some discs for my Boxster. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife's not happy about the Boxster because, you know, you know, it's now under a cover. Yeah, the greenhouse. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm too scared to look. I think there's going to be some life form. The last time I peeked under, which was about 10 days ago, the steering was green. Like the steering was had green. It looked like green velour, James. I had to take it hold. And I, I, I think it's going to have mushrooms growing in the seat by now. If that, the windows open, so the win, window is open and there's no battery in it. And it's just sweating under. So I just look under. And it's just sweating under there. The water is dripping down the side of it. It must be the same inside. So I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with it. I should just sort it out. A sympathetic one? Well, originally it was going to be for the, it's the entry level one. It's so cheap. Everyone go and buy one. It's, you know, I've just bought one blind. It's two grand. Uh, it's brilliant. Everyone buy it, but it, you know, it arrived and it was like a complete yeah. heap of shit. You found it was too grand. The suitcase. Where do you even find this sort of information from? <laughs> you can get those in bric-a-brac shops. I think it's a perfect hydroponic setup for. We did have this discussion offline, Archmal and I, that he should actually be growing green in there. Yeah, it should. It's it's a herb, (laughs) perfect herb growing environment. I feel. I think it would, you know, hydroponics. Either that or capsicums. Capsicums go well in a greenhouse. Well, I don't. I don't know if that's going to work, but I do need to get it going. I need to get it going because in two months the weather's going to improve, and I want to drive it for a little bit and then sell it. You've but got it to is, keep. You've got to keep running with the box turd. You know promotion. Yeah. 
Exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. The best name got, ever. You've got to just run all your socials on it. The box turd. I know. Just Jack keep doing it. That and, it, and it's got to stay. It's got to stay that way because originally it was going to be content for my YouTube channel on my Instagram, and it was going to be people were going to go, yeah, I'm going to go out and buy one, and everybody's like. What's happened to the box that? And it's I, I don't want to confess that I've just literally abandoned it. In the you failed. Room. Yeah, I failed. I just it's and it's cold. I, I don't want to wrench in the cold. James, you know what it's like if you're in the UK and it's cold and you're wrenching and you slip a spanner and it's like someone's just kicked you in the nads and the face at the same time <laughs> with cold hands. I reckon there's half a chance James' uh, garage is heated. More than. Oh. Man, they're so not fair. Yeah. Hey, you may have to if you keep buying cars. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I ordered a book from... Porsche Classic Center um, Gelderland, which is in Holland. It's like the biggest Porsche Classic Center in Europe. And they've put this document together called Porsche 356 Sales Brochure Collection. This is every 356 sales brochure that was ever printed. All 600 pages. Yes. It is amazing the colours that like how they've actually put this together. And this is not put together by Porsche. This is put together by a Porsche dealer. This book is. It's amazing. They're, they're actually bringing out a 911 version as well. It's in print at the moment. But take a guess. Take a guess. Right. The very first Porsche. You know, double oh one. Oh, sorry. The Gmund Coupes. You know, the ones that the aluminium 356s were made in Austria, right? Yeah. They made 50 of the cars. But they did, you know, that, that was their foray into trying to sell a sports car instead of being an engineering company. Both of you, take a punt on how many brochures they printed for that first model run of cars. How, how many, many variations? How many variations or how many leaps? Leave brochures altogether of the, of the brochure itself that the dealers oh. used that for the their markets they exported to to sell to potential clients. I'm gonna say 100. 100. What do you reckon, James? A couple of thousand. They printed four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my yes. They all went through the um, through the dealer in Vienna. All four brochures, all four brochures still exist with collectors. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? That's the sort of rubbish you read in the three five six sales brochure collection. It's a, you know, you know. <laughs> it's a cracker. Oh, I think it was two hundred euro, so it's expensive. But you know what? Per, I think it's it must weigh eleven kilos. You know, <laughs> the thing weighs a ton. Dollars per kilo, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was it was free freight. 
Yeah. But isn't, isn't, the, isn't the 911 one going to be as tall as me? Uh, it probably is. Because I think actually, I think the 911 one, because I've seen they've got it um, on their website. So it's Porsche um, Centrum Gelderland. Check it out and have a look at the because they print their own books and everything in this mob. It's just an amazing dealership. They're, um, I think their their service department has like thirty six lifts. Wow! Like this is a serious Porsche dealership, you know what I mean? But and they've got a full classics restoration center, paint shops, the whole thing. Anyway, amazing. They sent me a pamphlet out, or a, I say a pamphlet, but it was like about a sixty page magazine promoting the dealership as well. You know, as if I'm going to get over there to buy one. The um, but that aside. I think they're the sort of dealer you need to be in tight with if you want to get that allocation for that um, 992 speedster that they're going to eventually bring out. But I always, the, the, the dealerships, talk of dealership depresses me, Porsche dealerships, because, you know, you can't, it's like any other dealership, any almost any other dealership, you can just walk in, you've got a lot of cash in your pocket, and you go, I want that car. Not Ferrari. Yeah, well, um, well, almost. So, yeah, so you'd be able to walk in and go, I've got a lot of cash, and I, I want to spec up my car, and I want that one. But Porsche is one of the very few where you just can't. You can't do that because you've got you've to have bought one before. You've got to have been on some preferred list, VIP list, and you're probably going to get notified that you can buy a car rather than you go in and say, I want to buy one. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know, isn't it? it doesn't that, give that's us why the three of us are used car buyers. I don't have any money. That's yeah. That's why. Yeah, I'm not in the stratosphere of what a new Porsche costs. Any of them. Like I, I couldn't. Yeah, that's it. Go for me. What's the? He needs. What's he needs. His, he needs to buy his four cylinder seven eighteen so he can get his GT three allocation. Exactly. What's the? <laughs> what's the? Oh, what's that website that everyone's talking about at the moment? Uh, OnlyFans. OnlyFans, is it? Oh, the one where you got your gear off? Yeah, that, that one. Yeah, everyone's saying, oh, got a good start of age doing that. Yeah, that, that won't work yeah, for me. Not, I'm a little too hirsute. Yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> well, I heard about it at first on Tyler uh, Hoovy's garage. He was talking about it because he was going to sell a load of cars or he was trying to buy something. He started talking about it. I thought, what, what is that? And I foolishly Googled it. <laughs> yeah, honest, honestly, yeah. honestly, wife, I was just looking for Tyler Hoovy's. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said I started an OnlyFans page to get some money. And I was like, what's an OnlyFans page? Must have been quite new then because it was a while. It's like that's four or five months ago. I've only lots of people talked about it since then, but that was the first time I'd ever heard it be mentioned. I'm quite surprised that the volume of um, car content or lack of volume of car content on TikTok, like a lot of, a bit. yeah, okay, that's fair. Yep, 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 yep. Point made. <laughs> yeah. Are they all six viral videos? 
I do, I do often think I do often think about the future of you know nerding out about old no, not old but oldish cars like this 996 you know mine's what 24 going on 25 years old yours is what 20 years old cars like that where people might see them in the street half the people are going to go look at that really old Porsche other people are going to go oh wow cool a 996 but how many of those people are under 23? I don't know. Any? I, I was so depressed. I looked at them yesterday. I looked at them yesterday. There's zero people under 35. There's zero women. <laughs> and it's all 35 to 56. I yeah. Look, I will say this about the 356, right? It does appeal to a much broader um, audience than the 911 does. 911s are boys' cars, right? No doubt about it. There's a few women who are into them, don't get me wrong, but they are very few and far between. But I think the... Um, it just It's such an iconic shape that it transcends the fact it's a sports car. It is just a... A, a a product of great design that is appreciated for its beauty, as opposed whereas a nine eleven is appreciated as a driving experience. You know, so it's a very different market. You know, and I think as a result, sure, I don't. I my YouTube analytics are very male heavy as well, but there is, you know, I think I've got about eleven percent women in my YouTube content. Yeah, anything I reckon anything over ten good. if you're in automotive is pretty surprising but it is my content is much more you know three five six focus than most other youtubers who do auto or even porsche well i can do uh i can do a little not a straw poll but you know i can just give the example of my wife and she looks at the 912 and she goes yeah i get why you have that i mean look at it it's beautiful and she always says but why do you have that heap of shit over there which she, is what she refers to as my 911. And yeah, and she goes, I just don't understand why you, why you have it. Because we used to, James, we used to have like a Golf R and she would, she, that was her car. And she'd go, on every metric, that car is better. And even, but we sold that. So she now has to drive the 911. Not every metric. And yeah. Well, no, it's according to her. Yeah. But what about the soul? I don't know if she doesn't care about that. <laughs> but the, but the but now she has to use it. It is she's angry when she comes home. <laughs> she's like, I want another car. Why why do I have to drive that? And she'll go and she'll go. Van drivers hate me. Other drivers hate me. Everyone thinks you're a knob. <laughs> no, they no they don't. And she goes, they do. They don't let me out. And then she goes, and then I'm struggling with the gears and I can't see anything. And, I, and then, you know, she said, why did you tell me that thing about, you know, when I said to her, don't break in the middle of a bend. Yeah, she's paranoid about it. And then she's thinking, why am I, why am I constantly thinking about what year am I in? What should I be doing? Oh my God, I'm in a bend. It's raining. <laughs> I shouldn't have told her all that. If, so, if she's yeah. going to get angry about this stuff, right? Give mm. her a reason to be angry. Give her the 912 to drive. Well, uh, I gave her more reason to be angry by responding to that where it's a significant birthday coming up. Oh, so you're going to give her the Boxster? And I said, how do you fancy get, having a 
box of your birthday. And you know, she did that real slow turn of head to look at me as if to say, do you want a fucking divorce? That was that slow turn of the head like in the film Aliens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, It was just like that. It was, oh, yeah, so she's just, she's angry about having to drive the night. She doesn't care that I have it now. She goes, I get it for some reason you love this car. I don't know why. She said you really bonded with it as soon as you got it. And she said, but that that Voxster, she said, just because you've covered it up doesn't mean I don't know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just she's saying it's just you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a big ball of mold in three months and it'll be worth nothing. Nah, look, no, honestly, fine. Forty-five minutes with the bleach, that thing will be spick and span now as well. I think it will. I need to get the battery back in it so I can close the window. Mate, you need to do That's something. The problem. Well, if the fact it's been rainy inside of it, you've got a big job ahead of you. What you need is a garage that's air conditioned and heated. Just a garage would be fine. Just a garage. <gasps> Take that back. Can I show you? This is a design for the garage. Oh, yeah, look at this. And look, the architect drew three Porsches in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not say anything about Porsches. But... Um, but that is what we've had planning permission approved for. Oh, nice one. But we, we just measured it out the other day, and I think it's going to have to be a double, not a triple, because it just uh, comes right into the garden. Sure. Um, but that's what I need. I need that done. And then so I can get my 912 back. <laughs> I need a GoFundMe page. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is a great idea, James. That's what's going to happen. James. James, what have you what have you bought that's Porsche related recently? Yep. Yep. It's gone orange. Yep. I want to, tell me about the center console delete. So looks I'm looks good on a nine nine six. The center console delete looks pro. Yeah. What is in there? I've never owned a 916. What? It looks like a CD holder or something. What is that little space? What? Yeah. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What?
Hmm. Okay. Let's make them, James. Let's it make looks, them. It looks better. It makes the interior look better. Where is, whereabouts in a 996, if either of you guys have this option, whereabouts are the heated seat buttons, if that, that's normally that sort of precinct in a 911, is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. I don't have that option. You have heated seats in yours, James? Impossible to find here in Australia. Like, I've only ever seen one 991 for sale ever that has had the cooled seats. Yeah, just no one spec'd them. Nice. And it's such a great feature in a car, especially when you live in a hot climate. <laughs> That's one James, sweaty bum ever... crack. <laughs> James, have you ever sat in a box truck? So you're what, 6'5"? Can I what six, six? Really? Yeah. So I'm I'm six one, like even not maybe even less. But my wife always says that I'm more legs because I'm not my body isn't that tall. It's legs. You're like a but, daddy long legs. You know, boxster, I can't fit comfortably in a boxster. So I've got the seat all the way back. I've got it upright, so it's maximum at the back, and my knee is crushed against the steering wheel and the centre console. And when I go to turn the steering wheel, my hands hit my knees. And when I go to brake hard, I press the accelerator as well because I'm putting, pushing the pedal at an angle. And But I've known lots of people way taller than me who've owned and driven boxes, and they've, they've had no problem at all. Mate, just yeah. put a race seat in it. You'll be fine. I might have to. Put a race seat in it. No. I, I won't even be moulding. Oh, James, have you been? Have you seen uh, Jay Reed's Boxster yet? What's special about this one? I know the colour you mean. Yeah. Yep. It's a great combo. Sounds very English, that colour combo. Yeah. So you didn't go back to Jay and say, yes, it's great, buy it. <laughs> Yeah. 
You, you, what you should have done is said, Ajmal would have loved this. I'm just too trusting. I think that is, I, I think I just trust too much. And I'll just say, yeah, fine. That sounds like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a great trait to have. Yeah, I know, it's not buying Porsches. Well, no, because I've, I've got three now. I own three Porsches and all three are bought blind. But the 996, coming up to three years, I've had that now and it's my daily. And it's You've had brilliant. two out of three that have gone well. That's a good yeah, hit the Well, the 9.12 did need a li- quite a bit of fettling because they told me it was fine. Mate, every 9.12 does. It. Every 356 does, you know. But when I went to collect it and I went, right, where is it? And I went, oh, I'm going to drive it home. And they went, no, no, you can't drive it home. It doesn't work properly. But it was basically the brakes were seized. The um, It had sort of leaks on the valve covers. It was hemorrhaging oil. Um, but it wasn't horrific. But with the with the Boxster, oh my! It was like it was. Just, firstly, it was disgusting. I mean, it was gross. It was because the previous person. It was like they had a hot chocolate. Someone drove through a drive-through. Someone to give it to them. They just dropped it in their crotch. Then their passenger did the same thing. Then they, at the same time, thought, "I know, let's roll up some cigarettes and smoke, and then burn the seat with the chocolate on there." And then never ever clean it. And it was the carpet was supposed to be like gray, it was black. And it just, you know, when you see it and you just go, oh my God, seriously. There there were photos, but there were photos, but it was parked in a really narrow bit. So there's a photo of the front, the back, and a wheel. That was it. (laughs) Do either of you you guys know of an Aussie YouTuber called um, Jeff Mickleham? He's a. Home built by Jeff. I, Do you oh, know I him, Ashwell? Do you have you? No, him? I don't. He no. he's got he's got a box turd, right? Yeah. And he bought it as a track car. I, you, the, I'm telling you, this is a classic. This makes yours look good, right? But he he blew it up at the track, and he's since put a Audi V8 engine swap in it out of an A6, Ow. right? Wow. The because they're both VW products, obviously, right? So the um, it pretty much just bolts straight into the gearbox. He just had to make an engine mount for it. All the piping, and everything seems to be working pretty well in a right vicinity. So he's, it, and the engine weighs like fourteen kilos more than the engine that came out. So in the scheme of the power to weight ratio, it's off the Richter scale compared to what was in it. <laughs> it's but it's an amazing project. Check him out. Home built by Jeff. He's building an amazing um, Al Ferrari at the moment. So he's got a, he bought a 360 V8 Ferrari motor. He's putting it in a 105 Alfa at the moment. <laughs> Fully engineering this whole thing, you know. And, the guy, and he does everything, he does everything himself. He just has a crack and he's got the skills. Like he, he built a 911, like a really bad left-hand drive, right-hand drive conversion he bought cheap a number of years ago. He rebuilt the motor himself. He did his all his own interior. He did everything, all the panel work, all the rust repairs. He's had a crack. It, yeah, but it's, yeah he's, um, it's definitely worth checking out. He's an interesting guy, firefighter. 
So he works four days on, four days off. And on his four days off, he makes YouTube videos of building cars. It's just wrenching. Yeah, he's a nice guy too. Anyway, boys, we have crapped on for a long time. That's what this, that's what this podcast is. <laughs> it has been fun. It's been great having it's you on, James. We, um, we, uh, we don't catch up often enough. Yeah. Let's do it. No, you know, we, 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 no, you know we should have on. We should have a podcast called The Ashes. The Aussies against the Englishmen. Nah. <laughs> the Porsche Ashes. That's what we're going to have. We'll have Andy and I, right, from Australia. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. No Americans listen to our podcast anyway. We're fine, James, all right? No, <laughs> they can't understand don't. my accent or Rajmal's, so don't worry about it. <laughs> no, we need to We need to be promoting in the US. That's where all the cool cars are, That's what, and they're so accessible, and everybody wrenches. That's and actually so where the audience is. Yeah, and, that's where, and all the undiscovered barn finds are still there. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. All right then, boys. We'll um, yeah, <laughs> all eleven of you. <laughs> okay, boys. Well, thank you very much for the uh, time this evening, or morning, or afternoon, wherever you are in the world this very moment. And um, listeners, please think about following the podcast on whatever platform you are listening on right now. And um, James, thanks for coming on. And Ajmal, let's talk again soon. Yeah, look out for my GoFundMe page. <laughs> for your garage <laughs> or for the box star? I'm losing track of which one. All, all of those things. Yeah, all okay. of those things. The garage for my box star. <laughs> Great. Oh, actually, before we go, Ajmal, next week's uh, podcast, just you and me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. It's about time we, we did another one of those. We need another crap on. Yeah. Before hey, We've got a big guest coming up, James, after that too. Yep. High profile. Yep. We were, uh, we thought Lara was going to be big time. Next one is even bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. Tell him. No. No. Then it'll just be an hour of me being told what a bad son I am. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to tell our guest that he's been now a bit referred to as Ajmal's mum. Oh, don't say that. You might back out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Cheers. <laughs>